Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, my good friend, South Stan Chum, the one, the only, beautiful, bearded legend, Mr. Paul Levy. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 52 of the Orient Outlook podcast. Thanks for the wonderful introduction. Seems like an eternity since we did uh, episode 51, <laughs> yep. um, and we were just saying that episode 50 was a month ago, so uh, lots has happened since then, lots have been going on, but first back to normal podcast business, so thanks for joining us this week, and as always, an update on our Twitter account, we're now, uh, we've now got 1,845 Twitter followers, and we know there are still more out there because people are still finding us, so it's brilliant, so please carry on spreading the word, always include at or in Outlook if uh, if it's to be retweeted by us uh, we're also on Instagram which is Orient underscore Outlook underscore podcast uh, and if you're not on social media you're welcome to still get in touch with us by the good old fashioned email which is Orient Outlook at Outlook.com yep so although we haven't done an episode in a while we've been very busy at Orient Outlook podcast towers trying to get you the interviews that we think people will want to listen to so in the last few weeks we've interviewed the current CEO Alessandro Angelari it still amazes me that we got we got him to come on. Unbelievable. Genuinely impressed. A lovely guy as well, to be fair. Genuine, genuinely nice guy, yeah. Yep, so we've had Alessandro, we've yeah. had a former O's winger, uh, now of Hull City, Moses Odebajo. Such a nice guy. Lovely guy. Yeah. Well, amazing we got him, that was just literally through to contacting him via Twitter and yeah. it went from there, which was yep. brilliant. Don't um, tell everyone our secrets. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, the longest serving Orient player in the squad, yep. and fans' favourite. He was Dean so Cox. up for doing that. It was amazing. Proxy. It was so and like to the point where like he was contacting us as well. It's so refreshing. Absolutely, it was brilliant, and he was so cool. And also, most recently, oh. a former O's manager, Russell Slade, who we interviewed him on Monday um, about his time at Orient, um, and it was fantastic. And that will be available, part one will from next Sunday at ten a.m. Do you know what the great thing uh, also about that was? I spoke to Russell on, on Friday. You and your best Friday mate, Russ. Evening, my best pal, Russ. <laughs> uh, and what he'd said to me, because I'd said to him, no, I couldn't quite believe that you'd actually agreed to come and do it. And I said, I wouldn't believe it until I heard you on the phone and we were actually doing it. And he said, well, to be honest with you, Paul, I've wanted to do it for a while. He said, um, but, you know, the opportunity hadn't presented itself and I really would have preferred to have done it through a fan-based media rather than the BBC or Sky or a another broadcaster so it was a perfect fit for me and uh, I really enjoyed it and it's a great interview probably the best one we've done since we started the longest of the longest and I think we're getting a bit better in what we're asking uh, and the interviews have been a bit more natural but Russell was a very knowledgeable man you know in part one he speaks about his time at Orient from the start yeah his how he got into football management yeah. and then his time at Orient and until the playoff final the um, bad season that we had yeah. the one where he got a seventh yeah, and must listen. A great interview. Yeah. So that'll be available from next Sunday. But if you 100%. can't wait until then, all our other interviews and episodes are available on SoundCloud uh, and on iTunes. So if you haven't listened, get listening. And if you have, thank you for listening. Yeah, it's soundcloud.com forward slash orient hyphen outlook. So while we've been interviewing people, obviously we've neglected our podcasting duties a little Soz. bit. <laughs> Soz. So while we've been gone, lots and lots has happened. So this episode, we're going to try and round up just about the main points, give our views your views and we'll just get cracking so Tuesday 3rd of November which seems like 
a lifetime ago. Yeah. Ex-O's manager Martin Ling is announced as the new manager of Swindon Town. Well done, Martin, and all the yeah, best. Yeah, all the very best to you. He got off to a good start. I think he won his first game, lost his second, then he beat Dean Smith's um, Walsall oh, in midweek. Him? He did beat he? him, yeah. Oosh. Um, and no idea what he done today, but a decent start for Martin, who probably is expected to get him up to at least his table there. They're, yeah, they're obviously in the in the lower half of the uh, of, of the table at the moment, and um, you know it, the expectation will be that he'll come in and, and, and turn them round. Today they played away at Chesterfield and won four nil. Did they really? Wow! So he's got three wins out of four. So well done, Martin Lee. Four nil. Chesterfield well played and on the same evening uh, the under 18s won in the youth cup away to Hornchurch they won 2-0 uh, goal scorers were fit to Adeboyejo uh, and McLean and that's up a home side with Luton so as always the future looks bright and well done the Ute yep I'm oh, sorry, I was just sidetracked by looking at West Swindon and they're now 17th in the league, so we've taken them out of the relegation. So. Doing very well with that. Um, yep, yeah, on Wednesday the 4th of November, uh, something slightly contentious, it was announced that Francesco Bacchetti, the owner of the club, will, str- will, sh- will strongly contest extradition to Albania for charges over allegations of fraud and money laundering. An arrest warrant was issued in Albania in June and a request was late received for Bacchetti, sorry, it was last received for Bacchetti to be extradited. After a request from the Metropolitan Police, Mr. Bicchetti made himself available on October the 26th and handed over his travel documents. There will be a procedural hearing taking place in London, I think it's at Westminster Magistrates Court, on December the 7th, where a timeline will be agreed with the CPS, the Crown Prosecution Service, to look into the Albanian request, and a substantive hearing will not take place until next year. Yeah, so essentially there'll probably be an update on the 7th of December, and when it comes out I'm sure everyone will, will get to yeah. see it. Um, but until then... We'll try and bring you information done. on that as we get it. Yeah, absolutely. So Friday the 6th of November, in the build-up to the Staines FA Cup match, uh, Ian Hendon revealed that Connor Essam's ankle injury that he sustained the previous week against Accrington Stanley will actually keep him out for six to eight weeks. So at that time, that seemed like it was quite a big miss, but we all thought it would be okay because we had the ever-reliable Alan Dunn to come and fill in. Well, in the place. experienced Alan Dunn, <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't use reliable in well, the same at, sentence. at that time, it, was, it, wasn't, it didn't seem as bad as what it was. Yeah. So that was followed up on Saturday, 7th of November, um, in the morning, the under-18s beat Southend 4-0 with goals from Azate, Judd, Owazu and Karoma and again the youth smashing it a great win against Southend away absolutely on fire against local rivals yeah always good to get one over in your rivals whether it's first team or youth team absolutely loving that so then we've got the Staines at home in the FA Cup which sadly I couldn't make but you could uh, on that Um, so that was Chisak in goal uh, back four of Clahessi Dunn Baldry Shaw in the middle, we had Turgot, Payne, James, Cox, and Palmer and Simpson up front. Yep, so it was a bit of a 4-4-2 there. And good to see on the bench, we had Granger, Moore, Lee, Cashkit, Monker, and Marquis. That meant it was five changes mm-hmm. to the starting line-up. But as Essam, Chickson, Pritchard, Moore, and Marquis were out. And Dunn, Shaw, Turgot, James, and Cox in. And this was the start of not being able to fill the subs bench. So we only had six subs for that match. Um, so at the time, the line was starting ringing, but it was only stains. And... Um, Essentially, in the first half, we absolutely blitzed them away. First goal came early on from Oli Palmer, who headed in at the back post, following some a great movement. It was a good goal, that. Well, it was Fraser Shaw's first game back, um, and he played really well. Got a really good assist for the first. Second, down the left again. Shaw, again, heavily involved, pulled it back for Coxie with a nice finish. Made it 2-0 within the first, I think it was eight minutes, and we were cruising, really. Yeah, probably a good game for Shaw to come back and reacquaint yeah. himself, really. Very good, no pressure against the lower league team, very good. And in the 13th minute, Turgot had a shot from just outside the area, parried, 
right into the path of Palmer. We've got his second of the game, and great for Palmer to get on the score sheet twice so early on in the game. Um, and then we conceded a sloppy goal at best. It was a good goal. He took it well, Darren Pers. He took it well, but he never should have been in an opportunity to get it. Correct, because Chizak punched it. Chizak had two poor punches, a poor fouled clearance, I think, from Dunn. Fell to Purse. It was nice to see Purse score, but terrible goal to concede. Yeah. But straight after that, Cox gets a free kick for about 35 yards oh. out. Super Dino, who revealed to us that he doesn't actually practice free kicks, which is quite frankly ludicrous. Um, and it's it, outrageous. It is. It's outrageous. You don't practice free kicks and you're that good. <laughs> it's disgusting. Brilliant goal. And he just kind of walked away. He was like, yeah, have that. And 4-1. Game was done. Half-time came, 4-1. Uh, nice uh, memorial song flag at half-time on behalf of the supporters club because it tied in with Remembrance Day, yeah. um, which was really good. And attendance was 2,282 with 346 away fans from Staines. So not a bad effort for yeah, Staines at fair all. Play. That's probably a home crowd for them. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe. Maybe. I'm being a bit disingenuous, I don't know. Not and intentional. It, and then we kind of put the icing on the cake in the last couple of minutes. Uh, Mark has got his first goal for the club with uh, a good move. Actually, a really good move, actually. Good ball from Cash getting to Marquis and he finished it nicely. Mm, it was a good goal. And in an injury time, Clahessi um, put the icing on the take. So got played him through with a great through ball. Clahessi took a touch and smacked it into the back of the net. Another 6-1. Maybe a bit harsh on Staines, but a good victory. And into the second round hat we went, which was great. Fantastic. So, no upsets, which was great, because at that time, Hedron was under a bit of pressure, I would say. And my views, although they're not the strongest of opponents, always good to win 6-1, regardless of who it's against. It was good to see youth players got on the pitch. So Moncourt came on for his debut in the second half, which was great. Moncourt, sorry, Cash got on early. Good for confidence for Palmer and Cox, who both got two goals each. They could see Marquis and Hesse both get their first goals for the club. And Fraser Shaw was outstanding on that day. Really good to see him back after, you know, I wasn't Chickson's biggest fan. Um, so yeah, great performance. And cool. Very good. Cool. Moving on to Sunday the 8th of November. Um, some sad news here, unfortunately. Um, it came to light that Bill Measure, um, who shot to fame uh, as the pitch invader, the pitch invaders, you have probably seen that quite famous photo of an elderly couple, um, and I use the term loosely, pitch invader. <laughs> that was in the Peterborough playoff semi-final leg at home when everyone went on the pitch and uh, someone took a picture of these two and um, it was quite an adorable yeah, picture. Yeah, lovely picture, and just hand in hand. That'll be me and you next time we uh, want to play off me and you yeah. hand in hand. Um, so basically he passed away so we send our condolences to his wife Maureen and their family absolutely um, and uh, you know uh, fantastic so yep yeah, that was on Sunday the 8th of November yeah and then Wednesday 11th of November Harry Lee returned to Welling United on a 28 day loan uh, with rumours that they wanted to take him back for the rest of the season so Harry Lee got recalled before the Staines game made the bench and then didn't get on and then inevitably got sent back to Welling yep and also on Wednesday the 11th, Sammy Moore's second goal against Notts County is awarded the goal of the month for October by the club, as well as his Player of the Month award, therefore claiming the double. So well done, Sammy. Yeah, great week for Sammy. Yeah. got even better on the Thursday as he his wife gave birth to their baby girl named Betsy. So again, well done, Sammy. Loving life, loving Orient. Great, um, great week for you. Yeah, absolutely. Friday the 13th, um, unlucky day as the under-18s lost to Barnet 3-1 with Josh Karoma scoring a goal so uh, uncharacteristic defeat there for the yeah. under 18s but it's going to happen at some point so. absolutely and it may be a turning point in the season with what you're about to say I think this is a massive turning point for Orient 
what, on, on, on the next one, yep. on, on the 14th of November, it was yep. announced that Dean Cox is set to spend at least six months on the sideline after scans confirmed a cruciate ligament damage to his right knee after he picked up an injury in training. You can hear him talk more about that. Um, in our interview, plug, 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 uh, yeah. which is available to listen to. So I was going to say how we done it, but I'm not going to now. No. So you have to listen to part one, yeah, if you're not already. Or is it part, yeah, part one. So get involved with that. But Ian Hendon said we're all gutted for Dean. He's going to be a massive loss for us as he has been back in back to his best in recent games. We wish Dean all the best in his recovery and know he will come back fitter and stronger. And just to add to that, he's having his operation on Monday the 30th. Yeah, absolutely. I think Dean's going to be a massive miss this season. He'd already, I think, got five goals. He'd already got playing a month uh, in the league. He is always in teams of the week. Always in team of the week. You know, yeah. You've got to think he probably would have got 15 to 20 goals this season. God knows how many assists he would have got. Big, big loss. You know, So him, McCallum, SML, you know, that's three first-teamers unavailable. Yeah. Big, big losses. It hurts, it hurts clubs, but you've got to be able to bring in reinforcements. And if you're not signing reinforcements, then Absolutely. what's the point? What's the point? Dino, we wish you better. Thanks yeah, for doing our podcast. Best, mate. Pleasure, mate, and hope to speak to you shortly. So, Sunday the 15th, we didn't have a game on the Saturday, which sounds a bit unusual because it got moved by Sky to a midday kickoff <laughs> yeah. or 12 15 kickoff on Sunday. So, rather a strange game for them to pick, but we had Hartlepool away, and the sides were. Granger in goal because Chisak was on international duty with Australia. We had a back four of Sean, uh, sorry, Shaw, Dunn, Baldry and Clahessy, a midfield of Pritchard, Payne, James and Marquis with Palmer and Simpson up front and our subs on the day were Sam Sargent, uh, Moncur, Semedo, Turgot and Kashkit. So another, a second example of us not being able to to put much of a, a subs bench together. Yeah, this sounds slightly worse. This sounds slightly worse. We only named five annual on TV. It looked, it looked a bit crazy. So Pritchard came back after his suspension. Uh, Moore didn't travel due to the birth of his daughter just two days ago. So for us, you know, that exposed the weakness of the small squad. If you know, if in that game, if Dunn or Baldry got injured, we would have been in big trouble with no cover, um, and we needed reinforcements. So lots of tweets we got in saying the same thing, and notably, the most experienced player on that bench was. The youngster, Blair Turgot. Yeah, so it doesn't really breathe much confidence. So, uh, sadly, I couldn't watch it. I was away that weekend. Yeah, you um, was in Dublin, so I was. the match kicked off. We looked decent, you know, same old, same old. We looked good going forward. Right. Hartlepool didn't look like they had anything. And in the first eighth minute, we took a deserved lead. James kind of shipped the ball into the box. A bit of a scramble. Fulton's the path of Pritchard, who just kind of toe-punted it with the outside of his foot. Um, finished it well. Good goal. I think... Um, Ian Holloway called him a natural midfielding goal scorer, which is a bit of a strange one. But um, great start for him, just what we wanted. And we looked really comfortable. But in the back of the mind, you're just sitting there going, they probably know what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, we were dominating. You know, Payne was spreading the ball about. Hartlepool's defence looked all over the place. And you're thinking, we're going to have to do something stupid here to kind of mess this up. And up stepped Alan Dunn, who kind of... <laughs> Ball into the box. Ball into the box. We were cruising. And Dunn just jumped and literally punched the ball. Like, punched it. Well, you know, when it was first given, you're kind of going, what's happened? Because you didn't see it. Then you see the replay in slow motion. Dunn just makes a fist and just punts it. Outrageous, you know. So Why, why would you do that? I don't understand. No He's idea. He's played two games and got red cards. Or three games and got two red cards. Yeah, Dunn's stats for Orient aren't very good. So, upsteps. Yeah. Crazy. For, for someone a with waste as much, of a wage. With someone 
with that much experience, very surprising that happened. 100%. So their player Oyuni Uga stepped up, um, took it, sent Granger the wrong way, and from being on easy street, you know Hartlepool were back in it. Their crowd yeah. got up for it again. We vulnerable again, um, and the first half continued. You know we looked okay going forward. We always looked like we were going to score, but Hartlepool's defence looked pretty ropey. Mark, we said a decent effort saved by their keeper. Um, but Jay Simpson looked a bit isolated. He wasn't being brought into the game enough. And at half-time, we went in at one all, which have, was frustrating. have to say that if Alan Dunn's really not up for it here, then just get cut him loose in January and get, let him go to a club where he wants to play for because his boy or club of Millwall don't want him anymore. So he's got to face up to the fact that if he doesn't want... If he can't play for Millwall either and doesn't want to really give his heart into another club, then either hang up your boots and go into coaching or something else or sort your attitude out, lad, because that's not good enough. The only thing I'd say about Dunn is that I think he's a right back. So he's not really a centre back. And he's been we've only ever really seen him at centre back. Mm. So he's been he's being played slightly out of position. But then again, if you're an experienced defender, you can't really punch the ball and expect to get away with it. We're talking stupid and red cards. I mean, we're talking stupid things. Not the fact that he's had a bad game because he's played badly. He's actually done stupid things that even a kid wouldn't do. Yeah, I mean, he's probably cost us about three points, three, four points, like over the season. Minimum. Probably, because of his yeah. errors. So the attendance was announced at 3,785 with 237 Orient fans. So well done to the 237 you made made that trip. You know, yeah. that would have involved... Either staying over in Hartlepool the night before or waking up at God knows what time to get yeah. to the ground at five to take off at half five. So, I wonder how many people took a coach, took the coach? Probably probably about 180, 200, I would say. That was four coaches. Yeah. Cool. So, second half started, yeah. same pattern. We, we looked comfortable, you know. Um, Clarence was playing well, he was getting forward, was putting some good crosses in the box, there was just nobody there to get their head on it. Mm. Bit frustrating. Um, 63rd minute, Lloyd James. Beautiful cross. I thought James had a good game actually. He crossed it into the box. Baldry, decent head up, straight at their keeper. If he does it in any other corner, corner yeah. he scores a goal, but straight at the keeper. 70th minute, again, probably knew it was coming. As normal, luck goes against us. Hartlepool took the lead thanks to a Jake Gray deflected shot. And ironically, Jake Gray, who scored their second goal and a goal later in the game, was unknown from Palace. And you're sitting there going, we can't get players. Why can't we get players from Palace? Surely, as a London club, you a Palace youth player would probably want to go to London as opposed to Hartlepool. But then someone did tell me there's some kind of connection between Hartlepool and Palace that I hadn't put together. There you go. Ronnie it's Mark Bright. got a contact. It's Mark Bright somewhere. Right, yeah. okay. Um, anyway, there's player Gray, takes a shot, not going anywhere, took a nasty deflection of Dunn, of all people, um, and 2-1 yeah. down. Compounds a terrible game for him, doesn't it? 2-1 down. Um just shocking 75th minute it's got Cashcut came on for Bradley Pritchard and that seemed to have a negative effect it seemed we seemed to lose our shape more by having another forward and a, one less midfielder um, an 85th minute ball Shaw gets caught in the middle of the pitch which meant James was at left back ball through the back of the defence caught Lloyd James out um, Jake Gray again ball into the box finished it well past Granger 3-1 <laughs> Game over. At that point, 86 minutes, Blair Turgut comes on for Dunn, but too little, too late. rest of the match was played out and we slipped to a very poor 3-1 defeat in a match. We were cruising for the first 20-25 minutes. Story of our season almost, isn't it? Where we should have won games that we ended up drawing or we shouldn't have lost games that we lost yeah. because we're creating the chances, getting the possession, but just not killing it off. Yeah, really bad defeat. Hartlepool weren't very good. No. But we weren't much better. But we controlled it. And, you know, and all the Sky pundits were saying, Orient played pretty football. They were good. 
But if you don't score goals and you defend, what's the point? And you defend poorly, you lose matches. Yeah. So a disappointing defeat, and that was when we could really start getting the first kind of big tweets after matches about handing out, which have kind of got bigger as the weeks have gone on. That we'll come on to, but that was the kind of the start. But after that match, where you know before that you'd had the odd handing out tweet and you'd kind of retweeted it, but not not because we agreed, but just because it's another viewpoint. But you'd, you'd yeah. only see like one or two come through. But after that, there was a lot more coming through. And that was the first kind of time where that was seen as acceptable. We yeah. didn't get someone saying that, no, it's rubbish, give them more time, you sort of support for the handing out tweets that were starting. I think it's probably worth, we should have probably pointed it out the very, very off, from the very off, that we our retweets are not our endorsement of opinion. It's just retweeting to bring it in more into into the public domain so to speak absolutely making it more prominent yeah so absolutely good point well made thank you mate uh, so Monday 16th of November the youth yes. team were knocked out of the FA Youth Cup as they slipped to one or home defeat against Luton they were quite unlucky and Luton have got a very strong youth team actually um, but disappointing to be out of that competition but Andy Edwards is doing a great job 100% yep no complaints with that and I guess the big contentious thing during that week lockdown lockdown yeah news broke during the course of the day that the team were being held hostage in the Marriott Hotel in Waltham Abbey uh, I wouldn't mind being held hostage in a four star hotel with a gym and a swimming pool no Mr Vichetti mate I live 10 minutes away call a cab we'll, yeah. we'll be held hostage yeah. send a car for me you know if you don't like the podcast or if we've done a particularly bad podcast this week you know and you yeah. need to get us an order we'll, we'll happily go down and yeah. stay there absolutely you're welcome to lock us in there um, strange I mean I know that Ian Hendon has come out and in, in an interview with TalkSport and said that doesn't know what the fuss is about. These camps happen all the time. If we were on some uh, course outside of town, some outside of London somewhere that they'd gone on, it wouldn't be talked about. But it's not. It's at the Marriott in Waltham Abbey, straight after the Hartlepool game. It's right. Ian's protecting his pay paymaster and whatnot, and he's he's trying to spin it positively. But I don't think there is there is a way. It was a stupid thing for Bacchetti to do. You leave the motivation down to Ian. No player wants to lose. Um, we lost that game, okay, you know. But I don't think the way that you motivate people is just by locking them in a in a hotel and and doing it. Did it work? Well, I the answer will come when we cover Saturday's game against York. Do you know what? I've got no problem with lockdown. You know, if he does that in pre-season, nobody cares or bats an eyelid. They do it in Italy all it's the expected. time. Yeah, you know, team, teams do it in pre-season all the time, you know, mm. to kind of bomb the team. And the only difference was this wasn't in pre-season. It was after a bad defeat. In Italy, I think it's called Regalto or something. They do it They do it pretty much most weeks. You know, if it helps bond the team and helps the connection, it helps Henning get his message across, there's no issue, you know. These players are on, what, a grand? A, between a grand and three grand, I would imagine, a week. No problem with it. You're staying at a four-star hotel. You're not staying in an army camp or in the forest. You're just being put up in a nice hotel. Room with probably a mate. Having a lad's week. No issue with that. The only issue I would take with that is if Sammy Moore stayed, which I don't think he did, who's got a newborn baby. Yeah. Fair enough, but, you know, I don't I don't see an issue. Four-star hotels in Waltham Abbey aren't exactly, like, high on the priority of, of you know... That it's hardly comparable to Guantanamo Bay or something like yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. It's nice. it a bit blown out of proportion. I do accept that, but I still don't think that that's the right way to behave. Don't see an issue, but obviously the media did a more negative publicity 
with the club, yeah. with Bichetti. That's that's my negative I would take from that. It must be a nightmare to, to work for the press. Or I also think moment. how it came out made it seem it was worse than what it is because it wasn't announced that the club will be spending. Absolutely. Not that the club need to announce it, but the fact it sort of crept out and then it was like, yeah. oh, hold on, this isn't... Because it's not usual for that to happen. It's like... Well, it made it made BBC London news. You know, <laughs> after the game, Henderson said, look, Chairman wants to take the lads away for a week. We're gonna we're, we're gonna do that. We're gonna stay. We're gonna try and figure out what the problems yeah, are. We're gonna, we're gonna talk gonna it eat, out. Eat, sleep and there's no together, issue. No you know, issue. Eat, but, sleep in the same building and whatnot. But yeah. So then on Thursday the nineteenth of November, QPR defender Cole Kekawa. I'm not sure if I pronounced that correctly. So we think that's how you say his name. If if, if anyone not, knows, Pekawa, to, uh, I'm really not sure. Apologies, yeah. Cole. Uh, on an initial <laughs> one month uh, youth loan deal, Cole can play either left back or centre back. Yeah, good signing. Good. Um, Good youth stats so far, and uh, keep it a good club with, with good good name. <clears throat> so happy with that. Absolutely, and just to um, add to the lockdown situation, it transpires um, that the team had to move out the hotel on Thursday night because our opponents, York <laughs> City, had already booked the hotel for the game from Friday. Brilliant. So, so it was only rather I mean, salt that, in the wounds. That was only a three day <clears throat> lockdown. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday. So yeah, three four nights. Days. So three nights, four days. Yeah, it's not too bad. We've all been away in business Hardly for that amount of the time. World. Well, you've been around, you've been away in business for that amount of time, and you know, I'm sure if you're in a high businessman, that you'd probably go away for that amount of time yeah. anyway. So no issue with that at all. Not for me anyway. So Saturday, twenty first of November, uh, the under 18s a big day in Redbridge one in the morning. Sam Dalby. Or Dolby with the goal on his under eighteen debut. So well done the Ute. Yeah, again. I haven't heard his name before. So Good. yeah, yeah some new names coming yeah. through now. Then it's announced at one fifteen that we've signed former Barnsley defender Jean-Yves Voto on a two-month deal. Mate, I love it when you speak French. Oh, I'm good. <laughs> Matthew Baudry. Um, Ian Hendon said he's played a lot of games in England and has played at all levels. He hasn't had a club since the summer, so can come straight in with no transfer complications. Fantastic. Good signing and completely under the radar. You know, no one had, had been saying, oh, this guy's training with yeah. Orient. It just came out one at about one o'clock. There was a tweet from the club saying, new signing alert. And then everyone, including myself, I texted Paul and said, this is Nolan, mate. I told you. I told you Nolan was signing. I told you. And it was a defender who no one had ever heard of, you know. So. Oh, no, I've heard of him. Oh, had you? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. fine. Um, but yeah, I, I must confess, my heart did Surprise. race. And I was ready to go, right, I was right about Nolan all along. But, you know, <laughs> never mind. Well, it's not yet happened, so we'll keep, keep your eyes peeled. It could happen. When it does happen, I'm going to say I was the first to say that. and Everyone shot me down. You okay, wait. You all wait. right, we'll see. I still don't think it will happen, but rumour is that it has. So, um, Ian Hendon said he's played a lot of games in England. Oh yeah, I've said, said, said that. that. So, so York team, at home. Yep, so the team was Chizak, uh, Ingold, Klahesi, Baudry, Voto straight into the team and Shaw in defence uh, midfield of Payne Pritchard Marquis and Simpson and Palmer up front subs for Sergeant Dunn Kekawa Pe- 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 what we're saying James McEnough Turgot and Kashkit so Voto straight into the team Dunn on the bench which I thought was a big sign of intent from Hendon correct. to Dunn correct yeah um Kekawa and a good bench, having yeah. two French-speaking centre-backs. I, mean, I think so. That very good. No, Although they're both fluent in English, I still think that if the native tongue kicks in, it's easier to express. Absolutely. And if you're speaking in French and you're playing against a forward who can't understand French, then it puts you in an advantage. Correct. Because he can't understand what you're saying. Correct. Which I like. Yeah. And also, the longer wait return on the bench of Joby... McEnough. Yeah. Joel so McEnough. Whatever was said now has been unsaid. Whatever issues there were have been unissued. 
and it was good to <laughs> see him back yeah. on the bench thanks mate so yeah, that was it was good actually it was it kind of now released that that black cloud that we had hanging over the club so. yeah I think following Hartlepool and lockdown you know they good news they us. they needed McEnough back when they can't fill a bench and you've got someone on a substantial amount of money from what we understand not even making a squad when you can't fill a subs bench yeah, it's, it's good enough to go and play an international game, but he can't play for a late Orient in League Two. Doesn't make sense. Does a- it? I mean, absolutely. So yeah. the match started after twenty seconds. Payne had an outrageous effort um, that took a massive dip towards the end and almost went in, but hit the bar. Um, and we played really well. First twenty minutes, good pressing, good passing, mixing it up, ball into Simpson's feet, looked good. We took the lead uh, through Matt Baldry from corner onto Baldry's head. Good looping header, one nil. We were cruising. We were playing really well. Then Borgi got injured, um, and Cole Pekawa came on, um, and it slightly changed the the way we played because Borgi was bringing it out from the front, trying to find Palmer who would be knocking it down. Uh, but we started passing it around more, and then aimlessly going forward a bit because Borgi's obviously got a very good pass, and the other two defenders haven't got that same range of passing. I thought, but you know. We carried on. We made it 2-0 just before half-time. Marquis, who was having his best game, I would say, in an orange shirt, was causing all kinds of chaos with his runs. Went on a brilliant run. Beat about two of their defenders, pulled the ball back across the goal, and Simpson was there, completely unmarked, with a tap-in. And at that point, you're thinking, 2-0, we're going to go in two two goals up at half-time, and we're going to cruise it. But then out of nowhere, York pulled the goal back before half-time. Bit of a lucky goal, scrappy, but uh-huh. again, another deflected shot, going into Chizak's hands, took a nasty ricochet, I think, of... Mvoto um, and it flew into the corner just a nightmare big lad Mvoto isn't he very good I was very impressed with Mvoto actually he was good he was agile he wasn't getting beat he was passing it well from the defence yeah, and, commu- the and communicating well I thought him and Baldry had the makings of a really good solid foundation starting and it was unfortunate that Baldry got bought off but that's no disrespect to Cole Capecua whatever his name is because um, I thought he'd done alright as well um, I'm so just call him Cole it's fine I'm sure I'll call him right. Cole yeah, yeah. Um, so 2-1 at half time and then we made it 3-1 early in the second half when Simpson got the ball in the area. Um, I think it was from a rebound and he beats two men. Great composure and just smacked it into the bottom corner. Really good finish. And at that point, thinking 3-1, we're going to go and do this 4-1, 5-1 now. But couldn't find that second goal or that goal to make it safe. And yeah. then and then York started piling the pressure on. Chizak made a wonderful save um, with about 75 minutes gone from, from one of their players' heads. I can't remember who it was. A great save. And then McEnough came on. Um, got a good ovation actually um, didn't really do much like he was there but didn't really set the world on fire if I'm honest yeah. um, and in York well we conceded a really sloppy goal you know really bad goal to concede uh, York header with about 85 minutes gone and then you know everyone in the ground got really nervous it, everyone was just waiting for that equaliser to come everyone's kind of sitting there you know ground goes quiet York fans start singing a bit they start lumping it into the box. We start looking a bit uncomfortable and sitting back deep. Uh, and yeah, they, they should have really equalised in injury time when their man had a free header, uh, but he headed it straight to Chizak. And then the final whistle went, and that was it. We'd done. We'd beaten York 3-2, which was great, you know. So for me, a good first-half performance, but we got very nervy at the end at 2-0. The game should have been wrapped up, but, you know, at the moment we are having trouble closing out games. And once it was 3-2, we looked very nervous. But, you know, considering Unvoto was only at that club from that week and Cole didn't know he'd be playing and was brought on as a rush sub I thought those two done very well Shaw still playing very well Clancy looked good so I was very happy you know it you know it doesn't matter how you get the three points you need to get them yeah. and a good win and that kept us in seventh place Lovely. so so that was all good 
Very good. Nice, nice summary uh, of that game. So we move okay. on now to Tuesday, the twenty fourth of November. So we're now back into this week. The fixtures keep coming thick and fast. We travel to league leaders Plymouth on on well on the day. Massive journey for for the two hundred odd O's fans yeah. who you know fair play to you made that journey on a very cold Tuesday in December. We had Chisak in goal. We had Klehesi, um, Kekawa, and Voto Shaw, uh, Payne, Pritchard, Mora, Marquis. Uh, uh, with Simpson and Palmer up front as well. Subs were Sargent, Dunn, Monker, James, McEnough, Turgot and Kashkut. Yep. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, everyone thinking we're probably going to get tonked here. Yep, so there's only one but, change um, from Saturday. So the only change was Bulgy was out. He failed a fitness test, I believe. And Cole came in for him. And Clehessy was the captain. Lovely. So four minutes on the clock and Jay Simpson beats the defender. Uh, to a loose ball and whacks it in the top corner from just outside the area put us 1-0 up and gives us a great start superb goal that great goal the thing about strikers is when you're confident you don't think about what you're doing Correct. he doesn't even think about it he just gets it just smack boom yeah. top corner yeah. you know, and that's that's what Mooney used to be able to do you know just that instinct when he was in confidence he just wouldn't think about what he was doing he just and Simpson's it. got it at the moment he's taking the balls on early he's hitting top corners he's hitting targets he's winning the knockdowns and being very alert, great making, finish, making space for himself. Great as well. finish, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent, and a dream start, really. Yeah, and then on twenty-one minutes, Jake Jervis misses an easy chance for Plymouth, and a massive let off. Really, he probably yeah. should have scored that. We think so. bad miss, bad miss there, but you know it's good to have some good luck actually, because um, those have been going against us. And in twenty-eighth minute, Jay Simpson gets booked for a really silly challenge. He could have gone for that. He right. really could have gone for that. Um, very lucky. Other refs would have pulled out the red card straight away. And considering he was an away player and you would have had all home fans screaming for a red, he was very lucky to escape that. But he was yeah. getting kicked and getting little noodles out throughout the first half, so maybe he was just frustrated with it without being there. It's kind of hard to know what was going on in the other 27 minutes before yeah. it happened. Sure. So, 38 minutes, Lloyd James comes on for Simpson, who was getting uh, kicked to bits, as you've just mentioned. Yep. Uh, obviously, Red already been booked. So, you know, interesting that Ian's made that tactical change just a few moments before half time rather than letting half time play out. Yeah, and interesting that he didn't bring Kashkit, who's more of a like for like um, yeah. replacement for Simpson than James is. So, maybe at 1 0, he thought, right, I'm just going to put another one in midfield, take Simpson out, and try and. Protect the back four. Protect the back four. Protect the lead. And maybe try and nick, a, nick another goal. Absolutely. Rather than concede. Fair enough. So half time, Warren went in, winning. Yep. 1 uh, 0. There was attendance of 6,469 with 198 away. Yeah, great effort. So great super. Effort. Would love to have gone, but it's too much. Yep. Too much for me. Uh, two minutes after the uh, restart, Marquis has a shot parried by Walton. Perhaps he should have been a bit more clinical yeah. with that one. Absolutely. Marcus goes close a lot without scoring it much at the moment. But he's he, making good runs, but he, he, you know, his like, stats aren't great. I like John Marquis. I find him quite industrial, industrious. Um, he's not prolific like Jay Simpson, but then nor was Dagnall. But everyone liked Dagnall because of how hard he works. Yes, workman-like. And he is very like that. And he's a very much a team, play, team player striker. Um, and that complements Simpson because it means that Simpson can score goals. So, yeah. you know, I think it, I think that's what his balance brings to the team. But um, people getting on his case saying Marquis is rubbish, he shouldn't be in the squad, he doesn't score, he doesn't do... You know, I, I don't see it like that. And I have to say, I think that some people are being a bit harsh towards him. But, you know, it's the setup for today's game, it's the setup for that, you know, yeah, yeah. shots he's taking. Fair play, yeah. don't forget, I guess, to add to that, he's not, you know, a winger or someone who is made to play at the tip of that diamond he's a forward yes, he's a forward yeah centre forward being played slightly out so yeah. you know um, further shots in that half early on from more pain and Marquis 
and their keeper saved it but you know this is a problem we've been having we don't score that second goal yeah. and when you don't score that second goal there's always the risk of the team you're playing equalising or if you make a mistake at the back that leads to an error and a goal and you know 81st minute that's exactly what happened Plymouth equalised as um, a Plymouth shot came in Chizak done well to save it through a cluster of bodies and rebound fell to Nelson who um, turned and shot and equalised and that was it disappointing to lead for about 75 minutes just over 75 minutes we led for and to lose it so late into the game yeah frustrating really um, and after that not much really happened you know we kind of saw the game out 90 minutes plus 3 Cashkit came on for Lloyd James a bit of a pointless sub there if I'm honest why not do that in the 81st minute if you want to go and win the game hmm Strange, yeah, I, I never understand why unless you're just running the clock down I, don't, I just don't understand what the point is maybe running the clock as soon as the lad comes on he's got to thank, shake everyone's hand for for coming off because yeah. the referee blows up Absolutely. so the match ended one all and we move up one place into sixth yeah so which is good know, good point I think most people would have taken a point before the match but under yeah. the circumstances perhaps we should have walked away with all three absolutely yeah, as, as you say decent point with them not having players like Ruben Reed. there was another player whose name escapes my mind who I don't think played either um, so uh, a pal of mine went uh, Simon Henry he went and he said that you know we, we should have won that how we haven't won that we, he doesn't know yeah. great effort everybody played really really well so disappointed not to get all three points which is quite something considering they're yeah. sort of at the top of the league they're doing very, very well. well yeah so good point away to the league leaders but like we've said frustrating <clears throat> a 1-0 a second goal like we said would have wrapped up the game but we need to be making sure we win games like this if we are to go automatically another goal from Simpson who's on fire at the moment but goal to concede for me was poor. We didn't follow up the rebound. Um, yeah. And had we been a bit quicker on that, might have not conceded it. But it was a draw nonetheless. And, you know, maybe a pivotal point, maybe not. I guess we'll, we'll find out in May. Yeah. So those absolutely. were our views. Your loads views. Loads and loads of views. Yeah, thanks for the tweets. We love them. And again, it helps bring a more balanced argument within the podcast. So at David underscore Matic. So good teams <laughs> work hard to get a draw and average ones hang on for it. We're hanging on at the moment. And I guess that says it all. Yeah, at Bradley Ackers 95 said anyone would have take, took a point against the league leaders before the game shame we couldn't hold on but four points from six is not bad yeah at Matty LOFC Evans says this is two points lost we need another striker if we don't beat Wimbledon then Hendon should go a fresh change is what's needed at John Macker 1977 on the face of it a good point but again so many chances not taken we have to change this because it could be the difference between promotion and failure critical part of the season now 7 points adrift at the top 3 uh, 7 points adrift at the top 3 is uncomfortable we need to go on a good run now that's a good point actually just thinking about it we were winning against Hartlepool from a winning position we had yes, one taking correct. 0 points we were winning against um, Plymouth Plymouth which we didn't win Correct. So another two points dropped. Yeah. And then coming on to a later match, <laughs> today's match, again, so that six points dropped in the last two weeks from winning positions. Correct. Where we should really be holding matches out. It's a good point, actually. Yeah. El Cuado says if we, if we win against Wimbledon, it will be seven points from nine, leading into a busy December. That's a good base, but we seriously need another striker to take the strain off of Simpson. At Les underscore Bristow, still can't keep a clean sheet and need a lot of chances to score a goal. Yeah, that's our season. That's a very that's good our, point. That's our season in one so sentence. Yeah. yeah, that 100%. At Len, M4, says two points dropped, but a lot of positives to take from that performance for sure. We need to push on now. Uh, at Matt Bristow, story of the season, inability to keep a clean sheet. Yeah, absolutely, Matt. At LOFC, 1978, said a win on Saturday makes us a better point. However, if we are serious about promotion, we need to win games where we are on top. Absolutely. Yeah, underline there. At Ian Manny, Rennie John, only thing... 
is we should have seen it out tonight, but a point away at the league leaders isn't bad. Yeah, at Sean Mercer underscore said, I don't understand how some fans are saying we'll place Hendon. We're seven points off the top three. We're not in the relegation zone. Let's be fair though, the clubs around us have massive players and budgets compared to our makeshift side at the moment. Interesting. At 05Callum97, decent point, but still hard to take. In my opinion, the fact Pompey put six past York and we struggled says it all. And in fact, the Palomine said that today. Matt Turk said that today about how we're not destroying teams that others are. Yeah, good point. We're making it difficult for ourselves and we should have a much better goal difference if we tonked teams that are getting tonked by other players. Yeah, good point. You know, so, yeah. Good point. And just to... Go back to the tweets. They're all tweets that we get, so we don't just take random tweets off Twitter. That's all no. tweets that are sent to at Orient Outlook. So if you've got a view and you don't tweet at Orient Outlook, then we don't use it. But if you do have a view and you want to mention it on the podcast or if you want to have views, just tweet it at Orient Outlook and we'll retweet it on from there. So Wednesday, 25th of November, a great win for the under-17s who beat Nottingham Forest 4-3 in a friendly. Two goals from Tristan Abrahams. One from Josh Caroma and one from Miles Judd. So a great win there. Well done, under-17s. Yeah, again, brilliant. Uh, Thursday, the 26th of November, the loan window deadline closed at 5pm. And despite many people's concerns over the squad, we have no new arrivals, which is very disappointing. Yeah, I thought I thought we were going to add, you know, in the programme against York, Hendon, put, you know, we're trying to get all these players. And I think he said, you'll be amazed at some of the players we're trying to get. Um, Obviously, it didn't work out. They either went elsewhere, didn't want to come. Maybe Bichetti turned around and said, I don't want to pay out for those players now, changed his mind. Yeah, possibly. We were we were only really linked with one hole winger. Um, and loosely, that, yeah. Loosely, yeah. I mean, but normally you see a few rumours during the day, there was nothing during the day, it was very quiet, and 5pm came and it went, and there were no new loan signings. So we can still sign players who are free agents, i.e. Kevin Nolan, um, <laughs> but um, there won't be any loan signings now until January. No. So no. and when the transfer window opens again, yeah, absolutely for everyone. Yep. yep. So Friday the twenty seventh of November, Ian Hendon, ahead of the Wimbledon match, said, uh, "We always try and look upwards, and we get back at home on Saturday. It's important we get a win against Wimbledon. Uh, that is the next game, so that is what we focus on now. Our match against Plymouth is over. It was a good performance, but that is it now, and it's all about Wimbledon on Saturday. It's another London derby. I hope we get a big crowd, and it'll be a good atmosphere. Well, you've got your big crowd. Yeah, There's over six thousand. So. <laughs> Leading on today, then, so yeah. Saturday 28th of November, Wimbledon at home. So the team was Chizak, Klehesi, Mavoto, Cole, Shaw, <laughs> Payne, Moore, Pritchard, Marquis, Simpson, and Palmer. So Simpson started, which was great because there was a few, um, well, a few expectations that he might not start yet. Yeah. And then the subs bench was Sergeant, Dunn, Baldry, James, McEnough, Turgut, Kashkut. So a much better bench, seven on there, more experienced. And more options, so we were unchanged. The starting lineup was unchanged from Tuesday night. The only difference was Baldry back in the squad on the bench, so I couldn't make it today due to family commitment. But you were there? Yep, I went there. Um, Want to talk us for it? Yeah, didn't really have high expectations particularly. Just wanted to see a good match. Um, as you said, you know, Matthew Baldry returns to the squad, named on the bench. Um, started off reasonably well and then sort of just 10 minutes in there was a superb counter attack good goal uh, and Marquis's uh, Marquis's pass into into Simpson he just he just had enough about him to get the ball out from under his feet and just whip a shot into the bottom corner and to be fair Marquis could have had that sh- had the ball in that corner if he'd have taken the shot but he didn't he fed it into Simpson instead personally I would have taken the shot if I was Marquis or hey thank god you're not Marquis 
Because probably would no, there, there was a blatant gap that he could have just spanked it straight in that corner. There's two good things for me about that goal. The first is that that's the second goal in two weeks that Marquis has fed into Simpson, yes. which means that their relationship is starting to develop. Start of a beautiful relationship like ours. Yeah, there you go. And the second one is again, Simpson doesn't even look up. He's just so much Simpson confidence through it. Yeah. He's just touching it out of feet, bang. Yeah. And a good goal. So two good things about that goal that, that I was really happy with. Yeah. Um, and then um, it was noted that the referee was just sort of giving cards out like Left, right, and centre, like candy floss. Uh, it, it, was, it was just a bit ridiculous. And fifteen minutes, Marquis got a, a, a yellow card for a foul on Meads, but. I'm not sure it was a foul. From I haven't seen it back, but from memory, I, I'm not sure that that was a foul in a foul sense. Okay. You know, it, you know, come, there were a lot of coming coming yeah. together and people getting booked for for not no real good reason really. Uh, an example of that was Chisak went up for the ball of their player. He landed awkwardly over their player, and their player got booked for it when actually it, it was a, just a coming together. It's just how it is. It wasn't a, a deliberate in, uh, impediment. Um, so the rest and then of that for half? the last for the last sort of ten minutes of that half, we were really sort of backs against the wall. It really felt like we were trying to defend a one nil lead in the first half. It was a bit, it was a bit silly. Over the last couple of weeks, Hendon, it seems like Hendon's setting up his tactics to get the goal and then to just to sit back, part the bus, yeah, which isn't the right. Well, no. In my opinion, anyway, you should in my it. opinion, unless you've got two central de- central defensive midfielders who can hold it and support the back four, then you can't do it. So, so I don't think pain gets enough support in that role because Payne yeah. can do it yeah. but in Pritchard and Moore aren't made for that defensive role no. and we don't have another defensive midfielder unless you start to put Baldry there yeah. which might be an option in the coming weeks but well, it's, not, it's not the first time he's done that in terms of Hendon going one up and then going right sit back a bit and invite pressure I'd be interested to see Jack Payne and Lloyd James together because Payne can do the breaking up Lloyd James can do the, the spraying of the ball I think that would be quite an interesting partnership to have them two in front of the back four well, they they played together at Hartlepool. They didn't work out very well. Oh yeah, okay, um, fair point. But but they weren't playing both in that defensive role. But you got a point there. Yeah, definitely got a point there. Yeah, bit of a bit of a bitty half, bit of a strange half, really. Yep. Uh, defending far too deep in our own half, it, it was a bit ridiculous. But half time we went in one nil. Attendance was six thousand and twenty four, with twelve hundred and seventy four. Away fans, so good yeah. good turnout from them, which is to be expected. It's a London derby. I'm sure we'll take more to theirs. Well played to them. Well played um, to them. But you know, we only had one shot on target the the whole half. I don't think Alex had much to do at all in that half. You know, other than Simpson's goal, just a bit of a nothing. Yep. Nothing. No no real highlights there. But on 56 minutes, Baldry came on for Palmer. Palmer had, I think, tripped over or fallen over and sort of ended up rolling and as he stood up he's grabbed his hamstring uh, I think on his right leg so it was a sensible thing to take Palmer off yep. but couldn't quite understand why he'd brought Baldry on and it looked like we were playing a 5-3-2 formation which really puts us on the back foot why not bring on an, an attacking an attacking player like yeah so if you bring on if you take Palmer off you could have brought Scott Cashkett who probably a like for like replacement yep. in terms of his position or yep. Mac enough you could have brought on yeah um, but by bringing on Baldry, that just invites... Why are you um, shoring up the defence? It, yeah. it just invites 35 minutes worth more pressure to kind of sit back and, you know, when you're one up and you're at home, that's not kind of the tactics you want to be playing. Not Especially not when you've got a 15-goal season striker who's smashing everything into the back of the net when he's getting the service in. You know, for me, wrong wrong sub. Fine to take Palmer off. 
wrong choice of a person to bring on. If you want to bring Baldry on and put him in that role, or put him in midfield rather than in, in five, oh, yeah. shore up shore up the midfield. But with Jack want, Payne and Baldry in if, front of the. If you want to do that, take off more or take off Pritchard or one of those boys. Don't, don't take off a forward. So that led to more Wimbledon pressure. Yeah, uh, and then another sub in the seventy fifth minute. Uh, yeah, in the seventy fifth minute, um, Jay Simpson is is subbed. Um, I think he he was not going to play the I whole ninety anyway. Yeah. That's he, fine. He done well to start the game, but he brought Turgot on. Wrong sub for you? A strange sub for me. Yeah, I think I have to say it's the wrong sub because again we've got Cash getting Mac enough. Um, why I know you need a pacey legs, but Tur- Turgot's not really done anything. When he's had the chance, he's not mm. grabbed it. I don't know what's wrong. There's something not right there with with him, and whether he's not up for it, whether he's perhaps he's he's just not good enough. I don't know. I don't want to be too disrespectful to the guy because I can't play football as well as him. But yeah. you know, at the bottom line is you you got a job to do. You're you're there as the outlet because all we were doing second half was sitting back, inviting, inviting pressure. Yeah, yeah. We barely got out of their half. We cleared the ball. We pumped the balls into the channels where no one was. So therefore, they got the ball back and then came at us again. We yeah. fired it back. They got the ball, yeah. came forward at us again. We pumped it back out. We just hoofed it away. It was ridiculous. So I understand him wanting a pacier outlet. I get that, but I don't think that was the way to do it. And I think a more experienced head in in Mackinough or an out and out striker like Kashkett, who's young like a whippet, and 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 he's attack minded from a striker point of view. I think would have been a much better substitution. You know, would be perfect in that situation. Chris Dagnall Super Kevin Lisby Oh Super Kevin Lisby would have been amazing yeah. Super Kevin Lisby always held the ball up well yeah. held it up and it was always aware of who was running still missing yeah absolutely massively missing but um, just to jump back a bit because Mark, Mark was got booked again in the 58th minute um, oh yes he did <laughs> for, a, for a challenge now uh, you, on that player now we no, watched orig- it back originally you didn't think that was a sending off or a second yellow no it was a yellow it was well I couldn't see it properly um, it initially it, it, it didn't look like much and having looked at it back I still think it's just a coming together rather than a foul for me, you disagree for me you're so, yeah that's a yellow all day long all day long stupid challenge stupid challenge to do it in the first place because his leg's high for me that's high anyway and if you're on a yellow you can't you can't do that easy sending off you can yeah. tell by Marcus's reaction stays down feigns an injury you, you're going off pal stupid challenge mate yeah. I hope Hendon finds him the maximum he can because you don't do that when you're on yellow there's something about Millwall players can, and <laughs> attracting red cards. No one likes them, but they don't care. Yeah, yep. that's right. Um, so, again, down to 10 men. We're yep. playing 5-3-1 yep. um, now, or switching it about. Um, it's just it's just a bit silly, really, um, from, from our point of view. Um, so, you know, inviting more pressure from Wimbledon. And then on the 78th minute... Um, a great point blank range save from Alex Chisak uh, after Don's pressure. It literally, he must have seen that at the very last second and hands it over the bar. He's got great Brilliant reflexes, that guy. He's superb. Very good stopper. Very quick reaction. I was reactions. with um, my friend who doesn't come very often and his dad came as well and, and even he commented at what, what an outstanding save was and what a good goalkeeper he was. So it's cool. So then um, in the 79th minute, um, I think his name's, surname's Elliot. He runs across... The back three, onside, he's been played onside, puts the ball across the goal to the far post where there are at least two Dons players waiting for the delivery. And Adebayo in Fenwa just heads it in, nice and low, into the bottom corner, and whoever was defending that post missed it. Would have been Clehesi. No, it wasn't Clehesi, I don't think. I can't remember who it was, but 
maybe it should have been, but it wasn't him that was there on the line yeah, to yeah. move it off. But you know, and it's just a, such a crap goal to give away. It's such a poor goal. Yeah, having seen the goal, poor goal to concede, and for the first time, Chizak's proper showing at his defence when they when he concedes. Normally, Chizak doesn't really do much showing. He just kind of gets the ball out of the net. And kind He's of, right though. They g each other up, but no, it's good to see Chizak kind He's of right. just go who the. Was there, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, um, and 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 to be fair, I, I I called it a few minutes ago. I said there's going to be a goal here. You can't have all this pressure and not get a yeah, goal, yeah. a deflection, a header, a good goal, a, a terrible goal, and, and and a terrible goal came. Yeah, uh, we were doing a lot of time wasting as well, and and the rest of the match played out. Loads of pressure from we Wimbledon. were time wasting, were we? Yeah, yeah. Fine. I hope we were doing that on Tuesday night as well. Yeah, loads of time wasting, which I hate. It's a sign of a bad team. Yeah. Uh, Chisette got booked, I think, for time. I'm pretty sure. I'm ninety nine percent sure that Chisette got booked for time wasting. Yeah. Quite late in the game, <laughs> but. He was trying. He was. He wasn't doing it on purpose. He was like, "Well, we're making a substitution." Hendon's going absolutely ape on the touchline, going, "What are you doing? I'm trying to make a substitution." And then he's, he books, having booked Chisak, he then goes, "Oh yeah, you want to make a substitution? All oh, right, go on. Then make your substitution." I guess in Hendon's the defense, ref had no control. I guess in terms of Hendon's team sitting back, I mean, it's gone down to ten men, so they must be. They must be knackered on their feet, and I think a lot of people commented that we'll come on to later is that they all kind of worked hard for one another. Yeah, so maybe maybe so. a bit of disservice there. So full time whistle goes anyway. Well, there was also moaning about it. It's speaking, um, speaking of your time oh, yeah, wasting. There was another sub ninety in the ninety fifth minute. Yeah, James on for more again. I don't. What, what's the point? It's just running the clock down, obviously. But yeah, do you know? Should we be running the clock down? Maybe maybe today, but yeah, another late sub. So full time whistle went. One or many booze? Because there seems to be... I can't remember. Fine. I just got up and walked out, to be honest with you. I, I was, No, not out of sadness or anything, but I just, just wanted to get out. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Fair um, enough. So that was finished one all. Hendon, after the match, said, I think the way the game went and the way we defended is a fantastic point. A lot of teams playing against that big and strong Wimbledon side would have collapsed, so you've got to give credit to the players for battling away and getting a point. And about Oli Palmer's substitution, he said... Ollie was taken off. He was not really having much effect up top and gave the ball away on the edge of our box a few times. So I made the decision to take him off. Rubbish. Utter rubbish. Ollie Palmer chased everything down. He won loads of his headers in the air. He held the ball up well. He was industrious. He was effective. And he gave the ball away no more than any other player gave it away by hoofing it away with that rubbish long ball get rid tactics. <laughs> so you think honestly, I think it's rubbish. So it's a rubbish. You watched. I can't believe we watched the same game and have such a so, different opinion. So you think, in your opinion, that Oli Palmer shouldn't have been subbed? Oli Palmer was injured on the basis. Well, he hasn't said he's injured. Days so he's exactly. taken him off he lost the ball. So then he shouldn't. If he wasn't injured, then he shouldn't take him off Fine. and then leave no strikers on the pitch. Fine. Okay. Also, what's the point? That doesn't make sense. That mate, makes even less sense. Mate, I agree with you. To me. Stop shouting at me. <laughs> um, also after the match Hendon also had a reported altercation with a fan and during the interview Hendon said he responded to the fan who was shouting at him by inviting him to discuss it further in the tunnel and our security to bring the fan down but the fan went home according um, to Ian Hendon according to Ian Hendon but we've heard from the fan who said he was denied access by security so a bit of so he was prepared to go and have this conversation with Hendon but security wouldn't let him through yeah I I tend to believe the fan really over that you know I don't I don't condone shouting at uh, abuse uh, abuse of managers yeah. but if if the manager has invited if you're an, an Orient fan which this guy is and you're showing at Hendon and Hendon goes oh, actually do you want to come and have a quick word in the uh, in the tunnel you're not going to say no you're not going to back down out of it so wrongly or rightly or whatever happens there something's he- something's happened um, and apparently Hendon was also reportedly held back by Joby McEnough but 
I mean, come on, Hendon and Hessenthal. Ridiculous. As, as a manager and assistant manager, you boys have got to put your heads on straight and, you know, you, your managers are football league clubs and you're going to get, with things not going your way, fans are going to get carried away and you, part of your job, guys, is just accept it. You know, that's what's going to happen. If you start winning games, it doesn't happen. 100%. You know, I didn't I didn't know that. I've just only seen that in the plan. So, yeah. you know, disappointing there. And again, more bad press. If, you know, if that comes out that Hendon was held back or Hessenthaler was held back. Yeah, I saw that also on Twitter. Terrible press. So, yeah. match finished. And for the first time in the season, we are outside of the playoff spot. So, now we're eighth in the league, one place outside. Play 20. So, the season's starting to actually pass us by now a little bit. One eight, drawn 7, lost 5. Goal difference plus 5 and 31 points. So, for me... Lost, losing five out of twenty isn't too bad. It's no, it's one in four. it's that draws, seven draws. You've got to go get those draws and the wins into wins, yeah, and one or two of them losses into, into wins draws as well, or to draws. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. the problem is we're not we're not winning enough games with drawing. So we'll see. So our prediction league. Yep. Um, um, so congrats to at Latent Orient at Elliot M Byrne at Wadsey at Simon Zero A Edward who all predicted a one all draw but so extra, you'll get three points yeah, extra congrats to at Jay and Crane and GeForce underscore Shiv who got four points because they predicted one all and a Jay Simpson goal so a prediction league is t- can I just say that's like having Jamie Vardy in your fantasy football team <laughs> and making him captain <laughs> yeah. the last 11 weeks. So top <laughs> of our league, it's like a state shape now. So it used to be about five or six people all on six points. Now we have at George Girks, who's on first in nine points, at GeForce underscore Shiv second on eight points, and Jane Crane at Matt Bristow and at Leighton Orion all in third on seven points. And there's a shed load of fans on six points, okay. like a shed load on four and three. So Twitter your score predictions before the match and... See if you can get up the league. Yeah, poor game today. Didn't understand any of the substitutions. Uh, we're in and around the playoffs, but I genuinely feel that we're going backwards now. So uh, the, my concern is that we're going to miss out on the playoffs. Teams getting beaten by big scorelines, as we mentioned before, who scraped a draw or narrow win, but we've scraped a draw or a win against. Um, Hendon squaring up to fans post-match. What's going on? On the positive side, very impressed with uh, Voto and um, Kekawa. Yeah. Um, so you know it's not all doom and gloom, but I do have to say I'm very concerned about you know playing a game like we did against Plymouth to then play a very contrasting uh, group of tactics against a team like Wimbledon who we should have tonked today. Absolutely, no they I mean, had no quality that would have should have scared us, and we shouldn't have been walking away with a one-all draw, two points dropped. Yeah, absolutely. I tend to agree with you. You know, for me, silly Marquis, he's been doing really well actually. He's yeah. had some really good games. You know, like yes. we said, his relationship with Simpson's getting better. You know, Undenarby had his best game in an orange shirt last weekend against York. Doing really well. Silly, silly, silly sending off. And that just invites more pressure. Hendon's tactics are being too defensive at the moment. Um, and it's just not, for some reason, we take a 1-0 lead and then we kind of sit back and invite teams on us. And, you know, the Chelsea's and Barcelona's who play that pressing game and low football passing game. It's fine for them to do, but we're late in Orient. And if you go one up, you need a second to kill a game off. You can't sit back and invite pressure because... Nine times out of ten, you'll concede an equaliser, which we did today. Which we did, yeah. Which always happens. Subs, again, you know, for me, they're not the right subs to be making. If Palmer gets injured, take him off or whatever. Bring Kashka on or Joby on, you know. Yeah. You, all you're doing is inviting pressure. So, not not the worst result in the world, because obviously we didn't lose. But from being in the position we were in and from Plymouth the previous night, a draw at home to Wimbledon is a bit disappointing. There you go. So, those are our views. Your views yep. at Ben LOFC said... Sent us quite a long message. He's got two or three points in here. He said, obviously the ref screwed us big time and ruined the game massively. However, some key decisions were made that also played a big part in our downfall. 
taking off Palmer and bringing on Baldry. If Ollie was injured, then that's fine, but Baldry was a mistake. I have to disagree with you. Baldry was the only player that was bringing the ball out without yanking, without booting it forward. Yeah, but he's talking about the mistake of taking Palmer off him. So surely yeah. you take off a midfielder for Baldry or a like for like one of the defenders if you want the ball brought forward. Because yeah. all, all he's done is just put another one in the back, again, leading people out. Okay. Um, we were, yes, we were under pressure at the time, but keeping our shape and riding out the attacks uh, would have sufficed. A defensive sub messed, up, uh, messed us up, in my opinion, and I would have brought on James. Second point, I can see the logic in bringing on Turgot, even though Hendon limited his options when bringing on Baldry, but his attitude was poor when he came on. Yes, he isn't a target man, but the very least he can do is run himself into the ground. The team needed that from him. He trotted around. Excuse me, like he wasn't bothered in very poor attitude. A few people have said that actually about Blair, which is surprising because I thought Blair's been okay, but obviously not being at the game today. He like you know a lot of people said he'd seemed a bit lackadaisical, like his heart really very. wasn't in it. Maybe he's not motivated <coughs> on the bench at the moment. Maybe there's there's a few problems there. Yeah. So Ben finished his message by saying Hedden's going to have to take the blame for the result as much as the ref and the off in my opinion. So Ben, thanks for your opinions there. Thanks for DMing if you can't fit. If you want to say into one um, tweet, you can always DM us as Ben does at CM Oriental said not good enough today clueless tactics and it's quite clear we are one striker club the rest are simply not good enough yeah um, at Len M4 shambolic tactical decisions by Hendon today undone all the hard work and promise we showed against Plymouth yeah at John Macker 1977 said I've had enough of Hendon's tactics he's obviously not a stat man he takes off our strikers when our defence has only kept one clean sheet since September it was obvious we would need a second. It also shows he has no confidence in the players. We should have kept going forward, especially especially as we were at home. Hendon out. He is clueless. Shame. Um, at Euler One Fan, Hendon lost me today. It was there for all to see. No excuses any longer. Yeah, you can you can kind of start seeing the people who are kind of defending Hendon are slowly starting to turn, and he, turn, he yeah. needs those fans more than anyone. At Cockney Pirate seventy two said awful decisions by Hendon. We were too deep at the end of the first half with eleven, and a joke with ten men. At J C Bowers Brown said afraid to say hope it's Hendon gone in January and not Simpson. If it's reverse, we're in serious trouble. Yeah, we did get a tweet today from someone who's claim that a scout from Wigan was watching Jay Simpson don't know if that's true but it wouldn't surprise me you know they got the money for him absolutely uh, at Bragg Ag Liege says Hendon needs to go tactically useless going nowhere with him in charge a disgraceful performance at home uh, at Matt Baker home said great first half defence uh, sorry great first half defence was solid moving to 5-3-1-1 was a poor decision brought them on to us Left side players didn't get the system. Unlucky with the sending off, but changed tactics. Always likely to invite trouble. Red, shocking. Yep. Uh, at Stephen Orient and Hendon tactics and behaviour on the line are appalling. They're boring and undignified. And at, Kawal- at El Coado sent us in uh, a message as well. Again, not being able to, uh, to, to say all he wants in 140 characters. Yep, so he said, Only twice before in Brush and Fabio have I thought, please for the love of God, sack this man after only a few months in charge. But I'm getting close now. Hendon honestly seems like he's out of his depth and also comes across as arrogant. His whole tactical repertoire was figured out after five games and we have now won only three games in the last 15 15 games promotion form that is not yeah yeah there you go 
uh, at O's Fan Basing, anyone else getting fed up with the I'm harder than sitting antics from Hendon? <laughs> Think I prefer a nice fella who knows how to plan to win games. Uh, there, is, there is one in Cardiff. <laughs> yeah, that's a good interview with that man coming out shortly. Uh, uh, at Ron Sampson, 15, said we played like we had eight men and not ten. Hendon is tactically useless. I didn't want him as manager on day one, and I certainly don't now. At Julian Fern said, was I watching a different game? Stop berating Hendon. Blair just didn't cut it and five out of nine points. I'd have taken that a few weeks back. Take the positives from this game and build on not even December and too many fans of doom and gloom. Ridiculous. Yeah, and in response to that, point. yeah, absolutely. At Charlie underscore Paul said, I totally agree with Julian. Ref cost us the game today, not Hendon. Turgot's made Hendon look foolish for the sub. True. Yeah, also in response, I completely agree. Thought we played well first half and worked really hard after the sending off. Yeah. Who sent that in? Oh, I don't know. Oh, I thought it might be you. All no. right, cool. <laughs> uh, at LOFC 1978, said crazy subs from Hendon regardless of the red card why leave Simpson on if you know he isn't going to play 90 minutes that's a good point for me if what do you he, mean well, why, 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 why did you leave Simpson on and not take him off when Palmer came off because he said Palmer's not injured so why would you take yeah. Palmer off if you know Simpson ain't going to last 90 yeah. minutes good point actually awful defending for their goal forward allowed to walk along back line and cross three men were marked at the far post like you said yeah, like yeah. you said Darren M. Stewart says Simpson is the only reason Hendon hasn't been sacked yet. Absolutely disgraceful game. Not the fault of the players. Hashtag Hendon out. Well, there has to be an element of, of fault from the players. At Salmon Connery once, and one positive today was Cole Quebecois' performance. The team looked really uncomfortable on the ball even before Marcus was sent off. Uh, at Latent, Orient said, I think he should be locked away somewhere on his own for a week and given some extra coaching lessons to do. Truth of the matter is, top half we've played, which is most, we've only beaten one of them. That's a, that's an interesting stat, actually, if we've only beaten one in the top half. There you go. Uh, at Chris underscore Holmes 24, said, we parked the bus for 35 minutes and we invited the goal. We should have lost this 3 or 4-1 in the end. We don't seem to create chances. At Craig, Craigie Dowding, unfortunately, no matter the circumstances, the point doesn't quite cut it when all those around are winning. Yeah, good point. So now we are nine points away from the automatic promotion places and, and that's slipping. So it's looking like if anything's going to happen this season, it'll have to be via the playoffs. Yeah. Um, at Paul R. Gregory, so to be fair, I thought we defended pretty well offensively. There were no positives. <laughs> at MX Quick, if it wasn't for Simpson, we'd be in the relegation zone. Uh, at Matty, LOFC Evans said, this isn't the first time I've said this, but Hendon has to go. Couldn't manage an under-8s team. He was appalling today. At Angel Davis, 2-4-1-2, played well for the first minutes, then decided to sit back and run away from the ball. At Bill Fleet Heat, said, not the best O's display ever, but it did feel like 12 versus 10 with that ref. At MJJ Scanlon, usual problems of not creating enough and not clearing the lines, allowing pressure to build. Poor ref didn't help matters. Very, yeah, that's, that's, really, that's really good assessment, that. To come back to that ref again, at Spent 011, said, inept ref who ruined any chance of a football game <coughs> taking place. We sat back for 15 minutes due to Hendon's tactics being so poor. Correct. At Sam Harbour 97, God knows where we would be without Simpson. Sending off changed the game. I think we may have held out for all three if Marcus was on. At Lomax underscore Chris, said, absolutely shocking second half. Keeper, keeper has had his easiest day of work ever. He was kept busy by coming in our half. No, sorry, he kept busy by coming in our half. Yeah. Did he? He well, he came up to what, at the halfway line at one point to 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 put the ball in our right. area, in our half. Yeah, uh, I didn't notice much else from their keeper at Marquio's one one oh six. When will people realise can't afford to give Hendon time? Sixteen points in last fifteen. First five games put us in a totally false league position. 
Yeah, I mean, if the season started said, after those first five games, we'd be literally. I said that very at the time. low. I said that at the very time. Very low. That's nearly eighty nine. Since you can't blame the players today, they are told to play in the formations they're given. Shame we didn't create chances when we had eleven players. Yep. That's true. At Les LK fifty two, poor substitution cost us and failure to use the low market of a forward two. Absolutely. At David TH six four three zero one eight eight nine said Hennon was a disgrace today. You don't offer your fans out for a fight. Sit and returns. It was a shambles today. Dons were better and their boss did us. At thirty five minutes they pressed the ball brilliantly and Hennon had no answer. Clueless. At Ian Manny Rennie John said a shambles, complete shambles. Management rucking with fans says it all. Embarrassing negative performance. Yeah, not odd. And lastly, at the authentic Gaz said, done what was said, but the behaviour of Henry Hessenthaler at the end of today's game was unforgivable. When you were re- representing my club, you don't act like Hendon and Hesitala did. How do you expect respect from your squad? So there will be your views. Thank you for those. And again, Loads of them. I'm sorry if you didn't get in. Absolutely. Well, you pretty much put everyone in there. So literally, to get on, just tweet us at Orient Outlook and we will air your views. Some great tweets there. Really great stuff. So thanks again for those. Yeah, so conscious of the time here. So just to wrap up for this week, just a couple more bits of official business, positives and negatives. Yeah, as always. Yeah, Jay Simpson. So positives, Jay Simpson can't stop scoring. That's his 15th of the season. Mate, who, who needs Jamie Vardy? Who? who? Exactly. Joby, Joby McEnough, good to see him back in the fold now. Absolutely. Um, the additions of Cole and uh, Jean-Yves as well, I think is a great additions to the squad. Be interesting to see now with Marquis's suspension, I presume Joby will start the next match. Yeah, but oh, then Palmer and Simpson will still start. Oh, absolutely. Unless he goes 4-4-2, so, yeah. Good point. Yeah, so negatives... negatives. Yeah, first one, we're starting to slip away from the automatic promotion slot, so we're nine points behind now, so you know, we're not even in December yet, so it's already looking difficult. Um, Hendon's tactics and subs, so like we said, sitting back after taking the lead, and substitutions, just too defensive at the moment, we think. Um, and the last negative, fans starting to turn against Hendo, and it's yeah. starting to get ugly, you know. It is where does it end, you know? Yeah. At the moment, Hendon and Hesitala look like they could probably take anyone out, you know, in terms of saying anything behind Hendon. You know, wouldn't surprise me if he goes and thumps someone while he's going. So we shall Silly. see. So shall never get to that. But hero of the week this week. Uh, good to have it back. It's good to have a positive. There's only ever going to be one this week, surely. And it's 15 goal top scorer, Mr. Jay Simpson. Well, well, done, Jay. Some great goals over our yeah. kind of fairy caps. Carry on doing well. what you do. So as always, it's the end of the month. <clears> so our goal of the month competition returns. So we've got four nominees this month after yep. some great goals. So goal A. Friend of the show, Dean Cox, <laughs> for his free cocks. For, for his free cocks. Wow. Dean Cox giving away free cocks. No, for his free kick <laughs> against Staines in the FA Cup first round. A great free kick. Trademark free kick. Trademark Coxie. I'm going to call it trademark Cox free kick that he doesn't practice. If you want to find out more about Dean Cox's free kicks, you can listen to our interview. Part yep. one and part two. And Absolutely. On iTunes. Goal B was John Marcus's first goal for the club versus Staines good build up good ball from Scotty Cash that's game. why it's a good goal not necessarily the actual goal itself yep. but just the build up to it it was a good team goal yep to goal C Jay Simpson's Tuesday goal against Plymouth a great smash from outside the box great goal under and pressure brilliant and goal D today's goal from Jay Simpson against Wimbledon so yeah. tweet us your vote goal A goal B can't speak now goal C or goal D yep the Orient Outlook November goal of the month Yep, next week's fixtures. There's just one next week. Uh, we've got Scunthorpe in the FA Cup, which is Saturday the 5th of December at 3 o'clock. Uh, you'll need to buy a ticket. You need to get in touch with the club for that because it's not part of your season ticket if you have one. Absolutely. Um, so from us, there won't be a podcast next week because it's the FA Cup. We're, if we get into the third round, I think we'll we'll do one for that. Absolutely. And we also have the small um, 
issue of the Russell Slade interview. So like we said, the Russell Slade interview, part one will be available next Sunday morning from 10am. Best interview we've done. Russell is amazing. One of um, the best interviews. One of the best interviews we've done. Coxie was good. Coxie was very good. Russell's from a completely different aspect in terms of it, just speaking to a manager. Yeah. Really concise. It was really good. You know, we had all these questions and he naturally led into the next questions we were going to ask. He's it got flowed some, really well. He's got some, he talks. Quotes, some great quotes. Really good. He's got a great quote about Steve Evans that I won't spoil. Um, but it made us laugh out loud when you yeah. talk about Wembley semi-final. <laughs> but really, really good. Yeah. Really good. Really enjoyable. Really enjoyable. I'm, I'm going to put it out there that that's our Christmas present to our listeners. I, well, Russell hope, Slade, part one and part two. Hopefully there'll be more. But if if not, this is your Hanukkah present because it's like an early Christmas present. So happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Happy, okay. <laughs> happy Hanukkah. Hopefully there'll be a Christmas present for you. So, so don't, yeah. So that's, so that's, that's it. about it. Yeah, so that's thank you. Wow. We, we've had a bumper one this week. So we sorry. Yeah, absolutely. But we hope you join your commute or your chill out night or whatever you're doing while you're listening to this. And thanks for joining us for episode 52. So we are now eighth in the league. And for the first time this season, we are outside of the playoff spots. So there's more and more pressure building on Ian Hendon but he has a week to get the players ready for an FA Cup match so if we win it's a big potential match come up after that and two weeks to our next league match away to Mansfield should he stay or should he go so we'll be back for episode 53 in two weeks time of all the information and views that you could ever need so we look forward as always to hearing from you and keep calm and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast see you next time up the O's up the O's